0: to Special Scenes Podcast and was again back uh for the next episode and we're talking I think from the eighth chapter, right? Yeah yeah we're talking from the eighth chapter. Thank eighth
1: you. Yeah Thank you and happy to be back. We are resuming the eighth yes. chapter and we I don't think last, have...
0: I think last time we only did like three verses. Right? No
1: three. we know we got almost up to the first tenth verse.
0: Oh we got yeah. to the tenth verse.
1: Yeah we I tried to kind of drag it to the tenth verse because actually the crucial verses in these first 10 verses are this five, six, seven, you know, where Krishna is telling uh, Arjuna that uh, think of me at the end and you will come to me. And then in a modified version of that same principle, whatever you think of at the end of your life, you will go to that planet or go to that that body or that circumstance situation. And then following that, of course, he is saying, therefore, at all times, think of me and carry on doing what you have to do. This case fights. So uh, these are kind of crucial principles, and they set the tone for this whole chapter, which is correctly titled uh, in Bhaktivedanta Swami Jayashvila Prabhupada, in Prabhupada's translation is called Attaining the Supreme. That is really how to get to Krishna and how to get him. Uh, so this here, uh, the rest of the this chapter is going to give you two options or rather Krishna is giving Artuna two options on the one hand he gives uh, more details of the Ashtanga Yoga process of uh, what is called Hatha Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Ashtanga Yoga and how that is very much a bona fide way to get to Krishna to attain the Supreme. Now don't forget that in chapter 6 we had already gone through all this, all Ashtanga Yoga and the two levels and what you do physically and how tough it is and Arjuna had practically thrown up his hands and said this is not for me you know it's just too difficult and at that time Krishna had said yeah it's very difficult but it's possible with practice with abhyasa and with detachment and left it at that so here he's coming back he's picking up that theme again and there are several verses here telling me in detail uh, how this Ashtanga Yoga is very much a way to get to Krishna to attain him provided right at the end when the Ashtanga Yogi is exiting his body, he can make it his business to remember Krishna. Now what we need and then, in the, in the last half uh, of this, uh, this last section of this chapter it's uh, this Ashtanga Yoga process and how this is a bona fide uh, means to attain Krishna is compared and contrasted with just pure devotional service which is also all about just remembering Krishna all the time, so that at the end you make sure that you remember Krishna. And even if for some circumstantial reasons like a terrible accident, pain, you forget, because you've been remembering Krishna all your life, he makes it a point to remember you and to claim you. So the two things are contrasted. And uh, that, that makes for some interesting tension in this discussion, because it's uh, Krishna is again giving so much choice to the enquirer. You know, it's not at all as if he is ramming one method as the only method down your throat. And uh, to just get back to the Ashtanga Yoga method of attaining Krishna, uh, it's not an easy method as we know. And uh, as we've discussed earlier, if you see here, starting from verse 10. Mm. This one. Yeah, that's right. You, would you like to read the translation?
0: Yeah. yeah uh, one who at the time of death fixes his life there between the eyebrows and by the strength of yoga with an undeviating mind engages himself in remembering the Supreme Lord in full devotion. will certainly attain to the Supreme Personality of One.
1: Okay. So physically what the uh, Ashram Yogi is doing is he's got to move his life there or prana and bring it up to between the eyebrows and to rest it there and as it goes without saying that that is not the natural position of the prana of the life in fact ashtanga yoga involves what's called um, knowledge of the shada chakras or the six chakras the six six circles wheels of energy that are there down our spine and and though uh, the position of the six chakras is correlate with what, uh, modern allopathic anatomical medicine will have names for. So the lowest chakra, which is from the, where you, start, where the base of the spine, from where you start move, pushing the air up, that is, uh, it correlates with what, where our adrenal glands are situated. And I think that's called the Mooladhara chakra. And then it goes through another four chakras and comes right on top to what is called the Agnya Chakra where the pituitary glands are situated that is pituitary glands are somewhere here I'm not entirely sure below the jaw or at the base of the neck not sure and from there you have to bring it right up between the eyebrows so this movement of the chakras it's a uh, it's a, 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 it is quite an extraordinary feature for those who are able to do it and once they get some meet with some success in this moving the energy up like that through the chakras uh, it's what they really need to do is at the point when they get it between the eyebrows, then they have to make the prana or the life air use the force that built up force to get the soul to exit through the top of the head now it, it, they are told we are told that at that point they have to be remembering Krishna. So then the question arises, if they are also remembering Krishna and the devo- devotional service also involves remembering Krishna, what's the difference? There is a big difference in the sense, by the way, are you recording?
0: Yeah, yeah, i recording. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the difference is that for the Ashtanga Yogis, they use Krishna as, it is an object they use to basically focus their mind. And they don't necessarily think of the beautiful and charming blue skinned form at all. They, che- they think of his qualities to be able to keep their mind focused. So we are told, they are given his qualities that they think of in a previous chapter, a previous verse. That is if you see in verse 9, you see verse 9, it's full of a lot of adjectives.
0: So, so one should, uh, one, should yeah, yeah, the one. The, one should meditate upon the one should upon the supreme person as the one who knows everything as he who is the oldest who is the controller who is smaller than the smallest who is the maintainer of everything who is beyond all material conception who is inconceivable and who's always a person he is govern by like the son and he is transcendental beyond this material name
1: okay so you have a whole lot of adjectives in the Sanskrit of this verse uh kavi kavi normally we think of as a poet but here it really means the oldest person not in terms of a very old and uh, person looking uh, uh, run down or aged but it means someone who knows everything there is to be known and who's like omniscient like an elderly person has seen someone who's lived beyond 100 has seen the country go through different phases you know he remembers pre partition after partition and then so on uh, the different governments so, like that, he's called the oldest or someone who knows everything, who's who is smaller than the smallest because he can enter even to the heart of an ant. Is there as a super soul? But he is also the controller of everything. He is the maintainer, Bhagaram, which means he is the maintainer. He's got this inconceivable achintya rupa, inconceivable form, which is luminous and radiant like the sun and though it is blue colored the effulgence from his form is what is seen as the Brahma which the is like to go and merge with so you have here uh, many adjectives and it is those qualities of the Lord that even the Ashtanga Yogis who are not aiming to go to him mind you they are not necessarily aiming to go to him this is the interesting distinction we must make they use these qualities to focus their mind and when they are ready to exit and if everything goes well for them then and which it exits from the top of their head the the soul where do they go of course the next question is is where do they really go they go to one of the higher planets where they can continue they have developed by this time so much taste and they enjoy it so much this business of this type of meditation that they like to go to a planet like mahar loka where the situation is so peaceful and it's so pristine and satvik, where people like Brihu maharaj are already sitting there deep in meditation for thousands of years and uh, or they go to janaloka where apparently the four kumaras are there or they go to Tapaloka. Uh, where the Viraja Sages different options are there for them they might end up going to Vaikuntha because Vaikuntha that is if at some stage uh, in their meditation on the qualities and attributes of the Lord the devotional uh, element creeps in and tips the balance they can go as far as Vaikuntha now what does Vaikuntha literally mean it means a place which is devoid of sorrow Kunja means sorrow and problems and headaches. Why means without. So remember that the Ashtanga yogi is basically searching for that kind of peace. It's an impersonal peace. Fantastic circumstances and nature around him which he's not even looking at because he's got his eyes closed. He can carry on doing his meditation. It's like somebody gets into a subject and studies and they've really got the hang of the whole thing. Let's say, whatever subject it is, they do research. They've already got a well-paid job. They do an MPhil or an MLIT. They go on to do a PhD, they go on to do a postdoctoral. It's not necessarily required for their promotion. But they have developed so much taste that they just want to keep doing what they are doing. So similarly, the Ashtanga yogis or the Dhyana yogis, this is the circuit that they go through. They go up to the higher planets, provided everything goes well for them at the time that they are releasing the energy from the prana is pushed up, up from the lowest chakra up.
0: Through six chakras up to the topmost chakra, and then it is focused to the prana, the life air between the so eyebrows. Yeah. 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 So I have doubt. So like uh, this is like uh, to push the life air. It be you have to do like an intense meditation for that. Right? Like you have to. Yeah, yeah. Like to, uh, so you have to like uh, so it. It's only possible if you are like in constant meditation, and you are like in yeah. For a long time
1: yeah not just meditation there are different stages and levels and rules that apply as we have seen in chapter 6 celibacy is one of them they oh, can't okay. afford to have any distraction uh, any uh, sexual stimulus, uh, either at a mental level or a physical level so total celibacy is one of them so th- and then there are two levels if you remember this ashtanga or eight stages of this yoga The first five stages, the person can carry on doing some work and practice meditation. You know, it is Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara. Yama, Mm. things that they shouldn't do, the don'ts. Niyama, the rules, they should do. Asana, this get down and sit, start practicing for a certain period every day. Uh, in a sitting posture on a deer skin or a tiger skin, because it keeps off reptiles. Uh, in a seat that is not too high, not too low. In a secluded part, in a pristine environment, uh, preferably in the uh, in a forest, and where uh, focusing their gaze at the tip of their nose, half closed, half open eyes, and so on. So, which means that they've really also brought down their eating requirements, the dietary requirements to minimum, little bit like what Dhruva Maharaj was able to accomplish, in a fantastic. Really young age, at a young age, in a short period of time. So there is this asana or pranayama. Uh, uh, no, they do this yama niyama, asana. This is what I said, the sitting posture. Then there is pranayama. They practice certain breathing exercises. Then there is pratyahara, where they are it, uh, withdrawing their senses from the sense objects to get total control.
0: Have and you? Have you? Yeah. Have you tried that? And have you <laughs> Never. done that? No, I not tried that. ok
1: no 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 never it's not it requires it's very
0: difficult
1: very difficult but if you go to the himalayas you are going to find people who are into this you're very much going to find that some of them will break their meditation and come down for the kumbha mela one of these big melas and there you will mm. see someone who's made a vow to uh, to focus his attention and not get um, distracted by the normal needs of the body uh, i have heard of one sage who came down, who's been keeping his arm up in a particular position for uh, yeah, years it? now. Of it?
0: It?
1: skin has grown from, and he, now he can't bend that hand at all. Now, you, in itself, it makes no sense. When we've been to, given two hands to take and use things, what's the sense of it? There's someone else, like say people who don't cut their nails at all, these are the typical the yogis, that they just allow nature to take over and they're so deep in their dhyana or their meditation that they uh, um, just carry on for years so after having gone through all these this first uh, yeah, five levels in level one the first five stages we just talked about yama niyama asana prana yama, pratyahara uh, by which time uh, they are ready to go deeper so that means they withdraw from normal life under a guru with lot of Uh, Education about the process and the risks involved. I doubt it's on at all now, but I can't say this is India. And all kinds of things still happen in India that we are not, we don't get to know of. They go to the next three levels, which is, uh, uh, tharana, dhyana, and then samadhi. That's just deeper and deeper meditation. And in samadhi, it's like when they give up their life, error. So uh, we have examples from scriptures. But more than that, in real life, you, we are not going to hear of any of these people even if they have accomplished it. Mostly because the circumstances and times are so unfavorable for it. You hear in, in scripture of uh, the blind king Virgarashtra and his wife eventually going to the forest after the death of all his sons, after the Mahabharata, as advised by Vidura. And then going there and doing such intense meditation that when his uh, soul leaves through the top. He is. Uh, there is a forest fire because of the intense energy mm-hmm. that is built up. And then in that forest fire, his wife also kind of dies or gives up her body. So you have those scriptural examples, but otherwise I don't know. And uh, one pitfall in this, um, on this process is that as a byproduct, like you have side effects when you take medicines. You know, you people nowadays, we are told to just watch out and read the side effects. Here, one of the byproducts which can, Attract and, um, lead away or delude, a uh, Ashtanga Yogi is the mystic siddhis. There are some, uh, nine mystic siddhis. Uh, they are like, they just, because through this extreme austerity of following the rules, they are able to plug into new, uh, new circles of energy that are not available for us you know it's like uh, say you open a computer you go to your office and you open a computer and uh, you are given the right or authority to open certain files but someone else comes in who's more qualified he has the right maybe i think i don't know what is called is called a meta user or something he can open all the files he can access he's been given the password code whatever he can reset passwords he can move things around so like that the ashtanga yogis are able to plug into areas of uh, circles of energy that are actually around us you know people talk of an aura that you have a certain aura positive aura or positive vibes they're able to plug into all this and as a result of plugging in they develop certain powers like they can travel with great speed and uh, get from one end of a country to another country in a matter of minutes They can, Srila Prabhupada himself said there were yogis in his father's time who would be seen, um, bathing, because that that was their wish, bathing uh, in Puri, in the ocean, then on the same day as they were, as someone would, you know, exchange information later, they would also be seen in the Godavari in South India, or they would be seen at the other end, wherever, whichever end, on the eastern side in the Bay of Bengal, or up there in the Himalayas in the Ganges. So this ability to be in different places very quickly or at the same time, the ability to become very small, to become very heavy, to be able to reach out and get what they want, to make things happen. These are real abilities that they develop because they are able to plug into energy zones and Uh, which are around us but which are largely untapped because we don't know how to access them but that in itself is a big danger for the Ashtanga Yogi it's a danger because he is who can get deluded there's a sense of such great power who wants Krishna after that who wants even to go to Maharloka this is just so wonderful the way it is you can you can like a transcendental spaceman you can fly around and be where you like and taste the pleasure of baby kudabari right. and the that's, next
0: in the ganges yeah that's the danger of like you know people who get powerful like people like Guru or Ravan or people like that who are in that position they have so much power that they forget like like where they're getting the power like where that power actually is from or like you know where that like what is the source? They become so powerful they forget, they think that they are the lords of all the universe. Like, you're you meaning
1: know. even now, like uh, uh, you're talking yeah. of a mundane material sense, the people who become very powerful, is that what you're meaning? Yeah, oh, that
0: also, but I was just making that point of Ravan and Duryodhana, like they're both like, ah, uh, okay, like they're both I mean, like even like the Ravan Duryodhana, Duryodhana Kashyapu, and then uh, you know. A lot So many characters are there, like you know, like right. uh, Kamsa, Kamsa, also this. Like all these people, all of them, all the characters in this self are like, they believe that, you know, even while Krishna or Vishnu or incarnations of them are still there, they are completely like, even then, also they are kind of, okay, I don't believe in this, that kind of mentality Right, right, right. So, That's
1: true. They are not able to see. Yeah, great, isn't it that's what you're saying? Yeah, but
0: yeah, also in today's world also there are people who act like that. But now there are so many Duryodhans and Kamsa and Rha <laughs> Right. Like uh, I'll just get this my charger, no? i yeah, sure, charge sure. sure just take give me time. like one minute. Yeah sure.
1: <laughs> Right. So, so these satsang yogis also have to do the omkar mantra. Because what do they do in terms of uh, like the mantra to control their mind? Uh, of course, they are concentrating on the, they are meditating on the qualities of the Lord. But they also have a specific mantra that they are given and for them, which is the omkar mantra, the omkar syllable, the om syllable, and they just repeat it many, many times. Actually, if you ever get to go to Rishikesh and go to the Vashish Ashram there, your father's mother's father, okay, that is your sure. maternal grandmother's father, who was uh-huh. a sannyasi, who became a sannyasi after he retired from his glorious career and he was pretty serious about the business. And though, uh, he is very much like little is known of him now apart from his, the grand career that he had in the military, and his position in the palace. All along uh, he was preparing uh, for this. This was his kind of life goal. And God gave him uh, he was Shiva Bhakta and Devi Bhakta. He, God gave him enough lifespan. So even after taking sannyas so or retiring from uh, spiritual, uh, from material life and responsibilities, he lived another 20-30 years. And he was frequently setting off. Can you imagine? On a road like this Golf Links road. This is a person who bought, uh, I don't know how many acres and then just gave it away to his children as his duty. Who turned saffron, had a guru uh, and would just set off wandering and wander in the Himalayas, not like an eccentric madman, not at all. He would uh, show up after about six months, often run down. He had an ashram, he had the the daring to build an ashram on a little bit of land amongst this big, uh, so many acres that he had himself bought. And it is a remarkable resource. I mean, uh, if you can find out information, and we've heard how, uh, my mother, etc., were little girls, uh, growing up when he had this big official residence, uh, somewhere here. So, uh, they would, uh, they were given rooms because she's also his granddaughter, like your father was, is his grandson. So they, she remembers that the man would come back in the evening a few bugles would blow because the official car then he was just a transformed man you would go have a bath put on just a dhoti and something on top sit down on the floor eat a purely vegetarian meal invariably it was just simple this spira green gram uh, um, boiled and you know with some coconut scrapings and kani or gruel and he used to also have one or two big plantains this was his meal so she says she's observed him that he was extremely disciplined and regulated and by evening he just switched off the other, the other side of him. And all his life as his mother had wanted, he was himself born because of a lot of worship that was offered to Devi in the Kali form by his mother. After many daughters she got this man. So there's a background to it, and this person used to do the Omkar mantra up there in Rishikesh in a little tin shed. They showed us the tin shed even five years ago. Because the Swamiji who is in charge of the Vashirkuha ashram was a young, young helper in those days. He's now close to his own death. But he's a Malayali. That whole setup is run by Keralites. So when we said such and such persons, uh, uh, in this you know the lineage he immediately called me and my brother that was earlier then he went again with my mother five years ago he showed us the tin shed freezing cold where he said this personality in our background would go sit and do this car month many many times then he would wander up the roads to Padri Kedar come back then he built two ashrams in Kanyakumari Cape Comorin. we've been there after his death they were sold to a Gujarati merchant who was basically of religious mentality wanted to start a guest house there nothing worked out there's an acute shortage of water on that road so there are people who have done these things at least 20 years ago in our own background not 20 sorry 40 years ago he would have been dead and gone by 1980 I'm sure so we're talking about like 40 years ago this was a, a real phenomenon that people would go pursue this path I'm not sure that whether he aimed at exiting in that particular way, that I don't know. And when he fell sick right at the end and had a peaceful death in the middle of the afternoon or whatever, he had his son and daughter-in-law with him in one of these houses. In the same, no, not in the house where your father grew up, but the next house. So uh, the Omkar Mantra plays a very important role as it's told here in the Ashtanga Yoga process. So we have here someone who's going to have to uh, exit uh, uh, from the top of his head And if he gets things right, then where does he go? He goes to the higher planets. He can go to Brahman or that is merged with the Brahma Jyoti as they desire. And later we are told in the following verses, Okay, before we are told that but that's the great pitfall is the mystic siddhis there are some 8-9 mystic siddhis and they are a very great temptation for these people because once they taste the power and the pleasure that come from the mystic siddhis then it's as if uh, they forget their goal so it is fraught with risks but it is a bona fide path Krishna is like giving a more fitting answer to the questions and the frustration that Arjuna expressed in chapter 6 that this is just too tough it's not for me it's too difficult you know But having said that, Krishna is going to produce how uh, devotional service, just simply thinking of the Lord all the time, therefore remembering even at the end, uh, how that is the other process and how it's much simpler, it is Sula you will never hear of the Ashtanga Yoga process being called simple at all because it involves so much austerity, determination and finally it's inferior to devotional service because in Ashtanga Yoga, they're just making certain material adjustments. The airs inside the body. When we study Chapter 6, uh, I'll just share my uh, no PowerPoint again. Oh, sorry. What do I need to do to share my PowerPoint again? Okay,
0: okay. So, what you can do is, um, okay, I'll stop sharing and, uh, okay, so, uh, can you see on the bottom right of the screen, there is will be some share screen and ask to be there. Oh, I should go back
1: to my, uh,
0: the PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah, open the PowerPoint, then open the Skype. Uh,
1: right top, I see share. Yeah. Okay, right
0: top is there. Okay, then just click there. what I it should be in Skype itself inside the Skype bottom right
1: okay no wait one what I need first to do is to move to the correct PowerPoint I am not just one minute I mean to the correct slide Hmm. let me just How do I make this? Uh, uh, <clears throat> okay, here we are. Right okay. now, you're saying in, in in the in the PowerPoint, I should I should come back to the PowerPoint uh, to
0: the uh, Skype. The Skype, yeah. Just come back to the Skype, and then in the bottom right, you'll see like there'll be like five options there. One is chat, share screen, raise hand. React and more something this that on the uh, bottom the thing right. The
1: thing is, it's not it's fully there. open, so it's like oh. I'm not I'm able to see a heart right at the extreme right end. Then there's a hand showing. Then there's Correct. an arrow. Share screen. Yeah, the screen.
0: arrow. Share yes. screen. Yeah, click on that. Yeah, click on the arrow.
1: And then, do I have to select what?
0: Yeah now when you click on that, uh, this may, uh, can you see the powerpoint showing up somewhere in the
1: Yeah I can, so I am trying to, I'll click on select,
0: that Just uh, select oh. that and then click start sharing Oh start like, sharing,
1: right
0: And then, yeah now I can see it, yeah
1: Can
0: now. you see it? Uh, not fully, uh, wait, this, I don't know why uh, I'll
1: minimize our our screen
0: yeah, just make, uh, just show, yeah, now, now.
1: Okay, so just look at uh, however extraordinary what they do seems. Like they are mm-hmm. trying to adjust uh, these five major airs and then there are five minor airs within the body. It's not an easy thing to do, but the fact mm-hmm. remains that at the end of the day, the Ashtanga Yoga is considered very difficult and also inferior to the other method of attaining the supreme, which is devotional service because uh, here it is finally a material adjustment that they are doing with uh, material parts of their body it is the airs are finally part of the material body so you have here these different five major airs uh, as you can see the prana or the life air controls speech and breathing apana it goes downwards samana uh, it kind of maintains a balance and helps digestion udana at the throat you can read here, can you read? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so is throughout the whole body controls movement in general.
1: Yeah, now what what is done is that the Ashtanga Yogi has to reverse the direction of these four eyes. That is how he negates and kind of neutralizes the effect and brings his in, internal body completely under control. So, the, the one that is going upwards, the prana, he has to first make it go downwards apana that actually goes downwards to push out he has to make it come upwards and in a similar way he has to neutralize samana, udana, vyana and then there are the five minor airs also there is an air that keeps your eyes and mouth open when you speak there is kurma or which controls the quality of the skin something that creates appetite that creates yawning and finally the air that leaves last after death has occurred so uh, uh, it, it is quite fantastic that they are able to control all this and close down everything inside their body while remaining alive and keeping their mind focused on the qualities of the supreme and they also have to close the nine holes so that the prana that they are trying to rise from the lower uh, chakra to the higher chakra doesn't get out or exit through any of these holes because when death actually occurs the prana or the life can exit through the anus. It can exit through the genitals. It can exit through the nose, through the mouth, through the ears. That's why in an ordinary death, I don't mean these hospital deaths. In an ordinary death, where a person has died in his sleep or has a little suffering and then dies, you will see a trickle of blood coming either from the nose or from the ears or from the uh, uh, the, the edge of the mouth. Sometimes from the anus, or else some stool is passed from the anus. In the great confusion that comes around at the time so there is danger while they are uh, in a very calculated way moving the, uh, the life air up from the lowest chakra up up to the there are six chakras they move it right up and bring the prana or life air to stick somewhere between the eyebrows before they get it off from the top of the head there is danger that the prana out of the sheer uh, force that it has after all it's the life air that it, it can exit through one of the other holes. So they also learn how through their yogic powers to close down the other holes. You think about it is all kind of very fantastic and tremendous uh, what willpower and determination and, and uh, patience is required to come to this. And mm-hmm. God forbid, if that life does not go out through the top but goes out through some other, one of the other holes, then they don't achieve their end. They don't go to one of the higher planets Forget about going to Brahman and going to Brahma Jyoti. So it's high risk. High risk depending only on their uh, efforts. Finally, everything is being on a, done on a material level because they are uh, adjusting and redirecting material elements inside their material body. And why why do we say that it is inferior? Another reason because it does not have God's grace. God's grace uh, um Uh, plays a very limited role in this. It's all their effort and hard work and determination and uh, extreme austerity and it hardens the heart rather than uh, softening the heart. That's another risk factor. But in devotional service it's not like that. Much of it happens because God is reciprocating. Krishna is reciprocating all the time. Why does he not show his grace with Ashtanga Yoga? Because it's a dry method that doesn't appeal to Krishna as Rasaraj. Rasaraj meaning he loves the taste and mellows of exchanges with different jivas. Here he doesn't get it at all. So that's why it's said not to have God's grace at all. But yet someone's very determined. They get quite far. He impartially gives them what they want. Whereas uh, the following verses if we close down this and we we close the powerpoint and come back to
0: yeah, so I can share
1: my screen now. Yeah. So uh, sure. which was it? Yeah, we were uh, looking after 10 and 9 is all that we did today, because the 9th, uh, we said, is talking about the qualities of the Supreme, which he has to uh, focus on the Ashtanga Yogi. And then 10 is, of course, uh, the Ashtanga Yoga process. And then 11, we were looking at 11 about people who do the Omkar mantra as part of the Ashtanga yoga process. And 12 talks about the same thing. If you look at 12, 13, we can skip 12 and 13 because it's basically uh, talking about the same Ashtanga yoga process. And let's now move to verse 14. Mm.
0: Okay, so it's uh, for one who always remembers me without deviation, I am Gita of Pain, son of the because of his constant engagement in devotion service.
1: Okay, so the key, w- key word here is Sulabha or it's relatively easy to achieve. It doesn't involve so much austerity and risk and uh, possibility of deviation and so on. All you need to do is to keep your mind focused on Krishna. But the question is, how and why should someone actually be able to even just keep his mind focused on Krishna? Because that is hard. It's not as easy as it's made out to be. So, to help us do it, not only does he dangle this, if you like, this carrot in front of us, saying that it is easy compared to the other process, it's sulaba, easy. You'll never hear him use about sulaba in describing Ashtanga Yoga. But uh, I am seeing only a small screen. Sorry, I. Hello? Yeah, yeah, Tim. Yeah, I am seeing only a very small screen. I ha- do I have to do.
0: No, uh, no I think, can you see the, the this, uh, what is this page?
1: No, that's coming as like a 2 by 2 inch. It's floating somewhere in the middle of a big page which says join as guest. That is my early. Oh okay, I understood.
0: Okay. Now is it fine?
1: No, it just went away somewhere, wait. Mm. Okay now um, yeah 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 now it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Alright. So what Krishna is going to do now to, uh, he's put these two options in front of the reader or hearer and Arjuna. And, uh, Ashtanga Yoga, he's gone through several verses to explain how it's done and how that is also a way to attain the Supreme. And then, in just one, one verse, he's telling us the devotional service, just remembering Krishna, remembering Him all the time will also get the seeker, uh, to the practitioner to Him. Now, uh, uh, next few verses. Is going to tell us uh, to tempt us to take the easier path by telling us by again uh, contrasting the results of each process. In the first process, uh, the Ashtanga Yoga process, should one get things right, the maximum you can go to is the Brahmajyoti or the Brahman effulgence, It's a type of liberation, and then you come back. Of course, or else you go to Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka, these other higher planets where you carry on. But that's all still within the 14 planetary systems and it means that there is rebirth. After Mm. having run through all your pious credit and doing your stuff, you come back to this earth. Even if you've gone and merged, the Ashtanga Yogi gets his heart's desire and goes and merges in uh, goes to Brahman In the Brahma Jyoti itself, it gets very lonely there and after a while, uh, they uh, some new desires take place in the heart and they come back to this world, to this earth, uh, if nothing else, for some kind of company and friendship. Prabhupada says that it is very lonely out there in the Brahma Jyoti and one can believe it. It sounds very grand and fantastic for a person who is in a single-minded way wanting to get to something. But the object of his desire or the goal that he selected, if it's just going to mean merging in Brahman or the golden effulgence with no interaction with the Supreme Lord, no interaction with other devotees of the Lord, no interaction with other practitioners of your process, it's going to get extremely lonely out there. And then again, because a person runs through the credit that he's accrued by all his hardship or else he just gets very lonely and new types of desires uh, take, fructify uh, or come out in his heart and then he is back here to fulfill those desires on the material planet. So that is the uh, problem with that process. Whereas the other, the devotional service, we are told very clearly that the net result and for someone who really gets the goal that he is seeking, he never has to take birth again here. He goes to a fantastic place. It may be Goloka Vrindavan. It may be Vaikuntha. It may be, um, uh, 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 versions of this, but it is in the spiritual sphere. It's not part of the material universe. It's not part of the 14 planetary systems. Now, what are these 14 planetary systems? Basically, our planet is somewhere in the middle range. There are the higher planets that we talked about, which some of the Ashtanga yogis may make it to. Who don't make it to the Brahman, Brahma Jyoti and Brahman effulgence they still make it to Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka to carry on doing their stuff but even from there after a while they will come down. Where, and We are in the middle uh, range of planets and then the lower planets are with Naraka and the different types of the hellish planets. So these are the 14 planetary systems and they are supposed to be situated within the stem or stalk of the Lotus which appears from the nava or the navel of the reclining Mahavishnu, the garbhodakatai Vishnu. He is one type of Vishnu, Garbodhakaya, meaning from his garba or navel or his stomach area comes out the lotus, and in that lotus, Lord Brahma is situated. That is Lord Brahma. Garbo, is will be the, the, the Vishnu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is reclining, but from the garba comes out the lotus, and in the stalk of the lotus are the 14 planetary systems and Brahma is situated right in the lotus and when Brahma wakes up from his deep sleep he is given instructions how to start the process of creation. Okay now uh, so this all the the Ashtanga yoga method, the karma yoga method, the jnana yoga method because what does one do when one is practicing karma yoga how sincere he may be in his quest for liberation. What is he doing is basically again adjusting his karma or material inclination to work, to do pious deeds, to annihilate his um, papam or his um, uh, his bad deeds, the bad reactions to nullify all that. But it's all still within the materials there. What does a person do when they are practicing Jnana Yoga? They are working with their mind, which is still one of the material elements, but in and Dhyana Yoga, as we said, they are controlling the senses, which is again at the level of matter. They are controlled, making material adjustments, redirecting the material airs inside their body. So it's still of limited value compared to devotional service where one is working with the heart and at the level of the soul in the way that the Supreme Lord wants to get full realization that, you know, there is us and there is the Super Soul and it is that connection that is of maximum pleasure and total fulfillment uh, that we are searching for although we might not know it across lifetimes so devotional service is far far superior and uh, in devotional service we get to the Param Dham from where we don't have to come down and Karam Dham there is none of the confusion and the mess and the chaos which is there in all the other planetary systems even if you go up to loka, it is still at the material level. loka, there are many many um, Attractions, you can live longer, you can have better health You can enjoy and not get punished for it You can, yeah, because it's all sanctioned, you already earned it But, and so you get even more deviated and distracted from any spiritual path That you might have got hold of when you were on the material planet So the material planet for all its misery and Dukhalayam and Ashashvatam And being a place of cheating and disappointment Its one great quality is That it is uh, set up in such a way to maximum enhance our desire to get out once and for all and to go back to the Lord or to develop because there is so much cheating and bashing and battering that goes on here. Even if you don't want it, I mean, someone may say, I've had a fairly good life. I don't see what the problem is. Who is to say that unhappiness or disappointment is not just around the corner? Who is to say? One, whoever thought of COVID and
0: the kind of yeah. loss we'd suffer the uh, thing is, one one of the biggest things in like uh, you realize is that <coughs> the thing about ups and downs like you know, it's always mentioned that when when th- you know when things are going bad, that's probably the best time uh, that's probably the best time when things that. are going bad, because when things are going bad, now you can like you can enhance your devotional service you can put it to a point where like you know you can increase it because that is the time that you need it the most and then when you increase it then like you know it becomes even better but then when things are going good also that time also you have to sort of um, like pray and say that you know that you also have to understand that even when things are going nice then good times are also there because it'll, you have to remember that it's only temporary, it won't last that long it will also become like again you know things will go bad after that.
1: Oh, and 100%. you got to be
0: in a yeah you got to be in a place where you don't think about good and bad it's just things like like in 100%. equilibrium state like, yeah. 100% and uh, when
1: things do get a bit rough <clears throat> it's important for us to ask why is the Lord bashing us what he wants me to understand, something. Why is he bashing from here and giving me this problem and giving me this pain and making this go wrong? There's something I'm not getting right or I'm not doing what he thinks I'm capable of doing. So, if we ask ourselves this question, once you've established a loving relationship with Krishna, however um, uh, no. young and immature age we are, like me, it's he will reciprocate and it's great that we have it shows great maturity of mind to even get started on this path, it shows great spiritual intelligence, spiritual quotient one has to have a high SQ people talk of IQ all the time and now it is EQ, but what about SQ, so many people who are considered people with very high IQ they don't necessarily have the spiritual intelligence to understand, they need to get started on one of these bona fide paths sooner rather than later so uh, the thing uh, here now Krishna is going to tell us give us some startling facts about the extent of Brahma's life and the duration and how these things work and it's pretty mind-boggling if you get into the details but the reason he's telling us this is uh, uh, that what we have to understand is despite Brahma having such a long life and so much control and being the creator of the universe at the end Uh, everything that happens here if you stay within the realm of Brahma it means that you basically have to take birth again it's not worth it the Brahma himself because he is a manager on behalf of the Supreme Lord and after he has done all this work he is rewarded by being given liberation of a kind that doesn't necessarily mean that he is going to go back to Goloka Brahma is rewarded and Brahma is like a post You see, it's like a post that you occupy. So therefore, the post of Brahma is considered the highest that one can basically occupy as a jiva, as a living entity, which means one does austerities, gets everything right, does all our duties and responsibilities without a single mistake and over so many lifetimes and one can get selected for the post of Brahma. And at the end of having done that whole job properly and then as we know, Brahma himself runs after his daughter See, there are mistakes, there's scope for mistakes even there. Now, what is startling about this life of Brahma is, firstly, for us, we are now in Kali Yuga and there are four Yugas in total. Now, one day of Brahma, apparently, is a thousand into these four Yugas. Now, think of, I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's almost too much to accept or believe. That is one day of Brahma. what happens when the day of brahma dawns he kind of gets up like we would say stretches uh stretch ourselves and starts to create as he has been told by the lord what happens after this thousand into four yugas into a cycle of full cycle of the four yugas multiplied by thousand is the duration of brahma's day now when the day ends brahma has to go to sleep at night time what happens where do we go Supposing we are still floating around in some miserable life species or uh, uh, something we are doing and now it's time for Brahma to pick. Think of a laptop that is open during the daytime and you open all the files and you are working. What happens in the evening? You shut down the laptop. The files are still there. They are not manifest because the screen has gone blank and you turned off the power. You close all the files and sometimes it reminds you that the window is still open. Do you want me to foreshut, shut. Uh, etc but it's still there the files but they're not manifest so that's what happens to us who knows whether we, i mean how many times we've been through this where do we go we don't go into the body of brahma we become unmanifest in whatever stage we are at our level of advancement and we are absorbed back into the body of the sleeping maha vishnu, the garboda vishnu and then one whole period of night like this goes for brahma you don't even try thinking how many years now the sheer, when we were told, we were taught this, I remember one or two people in the class said just so scary to even think that we've already maybe, since we are still back here in the material world, is obvious we never went back to the Supreme. That to be stuck in that limbo of Brahma's night, suspended, not able to win, it, that itself is enough to give anybody insanity. We inside unmanifest like those files inside the laptop inside the body of the Garbhodaka Gashayi Vishnu waiting for when it is time for Brahma to wake up and to start creating again because then his day starts and the day is thousand into four yugas and we are busy getting reborn and reborn and taking rebirths and suffering and blundering and going forward and I don't know creating so much bad karma for ourselves so this is the pattern and although Brahma is so powerful and doing all this in the Uh, and Brahma Loka is also there it's all still within the material realm and great as it may sound it is simply not worth it because it means again taking rebirth so to drive home this point Krishna is giving in this section of verses a lot of details about Brahma and his life and his duration and his day and his night and so on that we can be stuck here forever that's the point that is being made Kalpa is the day of Brahma. I mean, if you want to start reading, if you see the mm. uh, yeah, it's see uh, verse yes. 17.
0: See verse 17. So, by human calculation, a thousand ages taken together form the duration of Brahma's uh, one day, and such okay. also is the duration of his night.
1: Okay, so see exactly, and there, uh, in that purport uh, that goes on. If you just jump straight, don't go into all those calculations because like I said, you can read it on our own and it's mind boggling. Go to the last paragraph in that purport
0: So in the material universe, not even Brahma is free from the process of birth, old age, disease and death. Brahma, however, is directly engaged in the service of the Supreme Lord in the management of this universe. Therefore, he at once attains liberation. Uh, the elevated sannyasis are promoted to Brahma's particular planet, Brahmaloka, which is the highest planet in the material universe and which survives all the heavenly planets in the upper strata of the planetary system. But in due course, Brahma and all the inhabitants of Brahmaloka are subject to death according to the law of materialism. Okay, so all these details are
1: given <clears throat> to us even in the following verses. Look at verse 19. <coughs> Just go down to verse 19. At the beginning of Brahma's day, I'll just read this, all living ent- yeah, at the begin- no, one up. I think this is the wrong verse. Oh, sorry, verse 18. Verse 18 18. and then verse 19. Okay, verse, yeah. At the beginning of Brahma's day, all living entities become manifest from the unmanifest state. Thereafter, when the night falls, they are again merged into the unmanifest state again. 19. Again and again. When Brahma's day arrives, all living entities come into being and with the arrival of Brahma's night, they are helplessly annihilated, helplessly. And the very first sentence of the purport, the less intelligent who try to remain within this material world may be elevated to higher planets and then again must come down to this planet. It's really like that, uh, what is that? that thing that you see at a fair or a carnival? Uh, not a merry-go-round, uh, that wheel, that big, a uh, big wheel, you know, you go up and then uh, you go
0: down. Fer- ferris wheel?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what it's called, but you get what I mean. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's ferris, ferris wheel, ferris wheel. Like...
1: That's right, like a ferris wheel. Yeah. Because yeah. it's great fun when you're on top and people squeal, with delight and panic and everything and then you're back again at the bottom and so it's like that, our... Now, one thing to remember here is, In certain cultures, since all this that Krishna is telling us is to make a very strong argument or a strong case for why we must train ourselves to remember him at the time of death so that we can get out of this once and for all. And uh, He's making a very strong case for that. Certain cultures, what one thinks of at the time of death or what one ought to be thinking of, it is already part of the culture. And we are very fortunate to be born in this side of the pl- world where at least somewhere is there in the background, you know, to the extent that Westernization hasn't robbed us of awareness of these things. You go to an ordinary village in somewhere, say in the mountains, Uttarakhand, I've seen this. You see in, in this wildlife writer Jim Corbett's books, one, somebody there who was a good friend of his, he fell victim to drinking too much opium, consuming opium and was on his deathbed. And when Jim Corbett reached after some of his travels, he was very unhappy to hear, see that this man had wasted away. He was still young. He was on death, on his deathbed. So what do the relatives do? The relatives basically, uh, apart from doing bhajan and kirtan and, and chanting of mantras and someone reading Ramayana or next to him, they bring a black cow, a high black cow, and make the man this, uh, hold, try to hold on to the tail of the cow. Because there is this belief that after the soul makes its departure, it has to cross over a Viraja river in order to let go of this planet and move on. Now, scriptures tell us that there are devatas who are there to guide us on the path on when the soul has to travel miles, wherever it has to go. But uh, uh, according to local folklore, only this black cow has the ability to cross that Viraja river. Viraja river is a very scary place. I think it's full of blood or something. I'm not very sure But uh, and you just hang on to its tail and the belief is that the dead person of course when he's dead He's not this body any longer. So no use just hanging on but this may be symbolically or in some blind trust and faith to cross over so even amongst the un, Anpada as in Hindi as they say illiterate or uneducated there is at least an awareness that the time and moment of death is something very significant and crucial because you can uh, create the circumstances for the afterlife. At least there is some thinking process of what happens after life. Whereas in Western culture, if you just see there is no such... Yes, of course, in believing Christians, I know that they quickly ask for the priest to come and Uh, give the holy water or whatever to give the sacrament for Catholics. But for uh, regular Christians, modern, modern minded, it's just so pathetic. Uh, I remember my teacher uh, of the Bhagavad Gita, actually is an Australian, but he's been in Iscon for very long and he lives in Mayapur and he's married to a Bengali Bangladeshi lady. So he told me that he was informed at some stage that his father, father was never became a devotee, was dying. So he went back to be in Australia at the bedside and he said he was astonished. Firstly, it was too late to try to convey anything devotional to the father. So just routinely the priest or the local pastor or somebody was called. And uh, my teacher told me, uh, told us in a class that Mm. he was, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He was astonished to see that the priest's idea of uh, being good to the dying man in his last moments was to talk about the last rugby rugby tournament that had taken place. Rugby or football, soccer tournament, which involved players from that particular little town that the man came from. I mean, something very major is happening. The person is going to die. He is cut off from all of us. Some information is available even in, in Western scripture of where they might be going and the last moments because the general idea is just make him happy make him laugh a little make him light-hearted so they talk about rugby and the rugby tournament so this is the other extreme but there is no awareness at all this is a very significant moment and one has to really take matters into one's hand in whatever way one may be dying or others should be there to support contrast this with a real life incident that happened in the puniscon temple this was reported in that magazine back to godhead Uh, which comes out, uh, at least it used to come out periodically. There, uh, average lady, a housewife, she wasn't learned or anything. She had brought up a son, she and her husband had brought up, she had twins. And they went on to do some uh, average engineering course and she thought everything was going normally. Anyway, at some stage, both of them got interested in ISKCON and they said at least for some years they are quitting their main career line and moving to the temple. So it's a big blow for her. She had struggled to give them a good education, she and her husband and they said what will happen when we grow old and etc. There will be no grandchildren and no daughter-in-law. Anyway, five years down the line, she was diagnosed with a very painful form of cancer. So she and her her son swung back into supporting her. The Pune is gone those days, it was not the big temple that they've recently inaugurated. There was just a small Pune temple. I know that place. But the temple president who lived in a small room and with his office and uh, he moved out. And he said, let the mother be brought here. At least she will be in a devotional environment. She sacrificed both her sons for the service of Krishna. This is the least we can do. So she, the temple president who had a right to his own room, whereas all the other inmates had shared a dormitory, he left his room. This lady was set up there. It had an attached bathroom. Every time the pains from the cancer would increase to unbearable point, they would take the bed of the lady and bring her down to the deity hall in front of the deities. In the belief that, in, or on the assumption that maybe she is about to die, so surprisingly the pains would come down. Either just the positive energy and vibration, like we talked of, we talked of an aura and these other circles of energy which she was plugging into, unknown to us, the pains would come down, would subside, and she would be taken back into that little room. Anyway, finally when her deterioration really reached a kind of, it was obvious that she would go in a matter of maybe half an hour. The lady had by then uh, so much enlightened and informed herself, and developed a certain how do you say that uh, the capacity to face death in the face. You know what she did. She asked her two sons and her son to go away from the room because she said if they remained there, her strong attachment to them would. Uh, distract her from trying to like the ashtanga yogis are supposed to focus their mind this is an average housewife mother of two children who five years earlier was really crying bitterly that you know this had happened to her sons and they had gone off on this track she wanted a photo of her mr devata i forget which some form of krishna or vishnu kept there in front of her and she died she asked for her husband and sons to go away so, uh, the kind of awareness and enlightenment this lady showed, because information is given to her, she obviously processed that information over some years. There would have been written as regret, then the news of the cancer, then the, the good deed done by the temple president, Radhe Shyam, a short, uh, uh, great personality, originally again somewhere, Palgat, this site, Goenbato Palghat. His two sisters live there and he comes sometimes to meet them. So this is uh, fantastic. This information that's given in Chapter Eight about attaining the supreme and Krishna is t- giving us uh, so much knowledge about two methods. One is very difficult, one is very easy. And telling us, it's like Krishna. Arjuna, don't try to go for the Ashtanga Yoga method. Already Arjuna had started it in Chapter Six, saying it's too difficult. This is not for me. But he's once again telling you. That uh, however high you go through the Ashtanga Yoga process, you're still back in the realm of the material world and of Brahma and Brahma Loka. And however great a personality Brahma may be and however long his life may be, finally, when you're working within that realm, it means you come back, to take birth again and again. Whereas you follow that other easier path, which is to just keep your mind fixed on me at the time of death and in preparation for that all through your life, you're sure to come to a land where uh, there is no such uh, sorrow and it is basically paramdham. It is uh, uh, indestructible, akshara. It is paramdham. It's wonderful. And Prabhupada says you don't need artificial electricity to illuminate the roads of that particular planet because everything is so effulgent And what's more. Uh, details of what is called the chintamani dham that is a dham where all desires are fulfilled because you are so much as it is a person who is working and serving and in total totally dovetail with the wishes of the lord more or less what he or she desires will come true because the lord is very eager to make it come true but that particular dham, anybody and everybody who make it there and who live there, apparently they, all their wishes are fulfilled. Therefore, it's called Chintamani dham. So, from verse 18 onwards, it's, uh, no, from verse 20 onwards, it's just description of the Chintamani dham. This chapter ends oh. on that note. Okay, just move to verse, uh, chapter, verse 20.
0: Yeah, 20 is here. <coughs> You have to scroll down, no? Uh, this is 20 years. So, you always hear translation?
1: Yeah, at the translation.
0: Okay. Yet there is another unmanifest nature which is eternal and is transcendental to this manifested and unmanifested matter. It is <coughs> supreme and is never annihilated. When all in this world is annihilated, that part remains as it is. Alright.
1: So, it's. Um, we don't <clears throat> go into the following verses because it just describes this, this Chintamani Dham or this Parang Dham or this spiritual world and spiritual planet uh, more. Just some side information that is actually crucial since you are reading the Chaitanya Charitamrita now. Lord Chaitanya on a South Indian tour came to a temple of Adikeshava here which is now Tamil Nadu Kerala border called in Tiruvattar.
0: Did he ever come to Kerala?
1: Oh yes, he came to the Padmanabhaswamy yes. Temple. It's given in the annals. It's given oh. in the, uh, you know, what is called the... Uh, Which part
0: of it is mentioned? Mm. Lok,
1: Lok Purana. Just see the South Indian tour, otherwise I will specifically find references and send it back to you.
0: Because I couldn't find, I mean, when they were describing the South Indian tour, I was waiting here. I know it's mentioned somewhere that he had gone to Udupi or something like that.
1: No, and also was, Kerala. <clears throat> not only that, there is that rather scandalous incident that happened here and you will see it mentioned I am sure in the Chaitanya Charthamrita but also in the um, the what is it called the Salapurana Purana or the local history of a temple in, in the Padmanabha temple which is that uh, apparently the local Nambudris got a little nervous and tried to lay a trap for him in the form of a, or uh, 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 to lay a trap for his associate Chota Haridas, in the form of a woman or a prostitute. And Chota Haridas was getting, falling into the trap. And Lord Chaitanya understood what was happening and literally picked up Chota Haridas and fled from here. So he very much came here. And uh, in Thiruvattar, in the Adhikeshava temple, he recovered or discovered a leaf manuscript of what was left of the original Brahma Samhita that is prayers composed by Brahma when he sees the Lord at the time of creation when he is taking instructions from Mahavishnu it's called the Brahma Samhita prayers of Brahma but most of it is destroyed and what Lord Chaitanya found here in the temple archives or someone put him onto it was just the fifth chapter and only 62 verses and it's a famous go you know the prayer that is sung out or that is the record is put on at 7.15 in every Iskon temple in the morning for that what is called Darshan, Darshan Arati, the deities wear new clothes and the curtains are drawn not early morning 7.15. That is always this female voice uh, singing Govindam Adhipurisham Tamaham Bajami that's straight from the Brahma Samhita and uh, it was set to music by George Harrison because he set it to a very nice tune and it was sung by a female musically uh, uh, inclined devotee of Srila Prabhupada called Yamuna Devi. She was also a fantastic cook. She passed away some years ago and she travelled with Prabhupada and cooked for him and learned recipes from local parts, other parts of India. So this Brahma Samhita was, uh, which gives more description about this Parandhamach in Tamani Dham was actually discovered here in Tiruvattar, Kerala, Tamil Nadu So you have that there of how uh, more and more attractive information is given about how it is uh, uh, up there to tempt us or to attract us to go. Then in these last verses also telling us that uh, going back here just look up verse twenty.
0: Was 23 please 23 and 24 23 and 24 and 25 so this is 23 so yeah. it says oh best of the Bharata I now explain to you the different times at which passing away from this world the yogi does or does not come back
1: Okay, so he's going to give some more information. Why it is not worth tying that Ashtanga Yogi method because a little error and you can end up in the wrong destination. Look at 24. Yeah, those who know 24 24 that's who, is
0: yeah. Those who know the Supreme Brahman attain that Supreme by passing away from the world during the influence of the fiery God in the light at an auspicious moment of the day. During the fortnight of the waxing moon or during the six months when the sun travels in the north?
1: So for a a yogi, apart from a bhakta, so many other things uh, are going to determine his destination. It has to be during the daylight hours, not at night. The departure or the exit from the body. It has to be during Uttarayan. That is when the sun is moving in the northern direction. That starts in January and goes on for six months. That Makar Sankranti is the start of it. It has to be during the bright fortnight of the month. That is when the sun, is, the moon is increasing, waxing moon, not when it is decreasing and waning moon. So if all these factors are in place, then he gets a good destination. But if that's not the case, if they can't, if the yogi can't time his exit is so perfectly, the next uh, verse 25 tells you the mystic who passes away from this world during the smoke, the night. This is just uh, esoteric language to explain darkness during the fortnight of the waning moon. That is a dark part of the month when the moon fi- it finally ends in Amavasya. Or the six months when the sun goes to the south, which is not considered auspicious after June. Where, do, where does that kind of yogi go? He certainly doesn't go to Mahaloka and Janaloka and doesn't go to Brahma Jyoti, doesn't get liberation. Where does he go? He reaches the moon planet. And after enjoying on the moon planet or Chandraloka, he comes back again after so many years. Because you have a long lifelong uh, lifespan when you are on the moon planet. It says here in the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Kapila Muni mentions that those who are expert in fruitive activities and sacrificial methods on earth attain to the moon at death. So, this is not necessarily the Ashtanga Yogi, this can even be a Karma Yogi, Jnana Yogi, etc. These elevated souls live on the moon for about 10,000 years, enjoy life because Soma Ras is available there, they eventually return to the earth. And 26 is just summing up. According to the Vedic opinion, there are two ways of passing from this world. One is in light, other is in darkness. When one passes in light, one does not come back, but when one passes in darkness, he returns. And even those, when one passes in light, he does not come back. It depends where he is gone. If he is only gone to the uh, up, up within the fourteen planetary systems, then invariably he is again going to take birth again. But the devotee, next verse, although the devotees know these two parts of Arjuna, they are never bewildered, therefore we always fixed in devotion. They are not bewildered because they just left it up to Krishna to decide. And when I should really see some of these elderly uh, devotees I have seen in ISKCON, when they are diagnosed with something, I will send you a link, it makes for a very interesting hearing. This is a great Kadamba Kanana Swami, Dutch man. He was one of my teachers 20 years ago. He's now 70 plus, 75 maybe. He's, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer 6 years ago. And he uh, fought it and he was coming out of it. But recently when he went to check, it spread up to his lungs. So he may have maximum a year. And you know this Ras guy, this yeah,
0: Namrass, he has a podcast. Yeah, yeah,
1: late right. morning program.
0: Late yeah. Morning. Yeah, yeah. Achina,
1: yeah. So Namrass is interviewing Kadamakana Swami. Kadha Makanana, Swami had a, uh, he was married for some years and he joined in Amsterdam. He was in charge of the Vrindavan temple. And when he I saw him,
0: that, I saw that uh, is he, uh, was he the same person who was shot? That's, the, right. He,
1: that's right.
0: He, that's yeah, right, that's I saw, right. I saw some part of that. I temple
1: yeah he's had kind of quite uh, colorful innings he's been through a lot of another time he got thrown out of a moving car and broke his spine <clears throat> and it was an excruciating pain for almost a year so he's been through a lot of this and an excellent kirtan and a kind and intelligently thoughtful type of speaker so he is somebody who's mad about the chatana charita amrita when he was our teacher, for one of the other books, he used to say, I am a CC man. I am a CC man, meaning not so much Bhagavad Gita or Bhagavatam, but. Yeah, so, uh, you have to see how some of these people, when they know there's not much time, they try to come and die on the Dham. So some basic arrangements are made. And, uh, as the end, different devotees go forward to do service, they're still able to eat, to cook and cook for them or sometimes they are brought to the temple other times small deities are taken to them so it's all kind of uh, remarkable because uh, really it's called the final test that at the time of death what we are able to think of or you know where we direct up. so this entire chapter 8 krishna is making a strong argument for why one must think of him at the time of death because then one doesn't have to come back here at all and the very last Verse, the concluding verse of this chapter, because then the question arises and it says, if a person is just going to do devotional service, what about three important elements according to the Vedic system that is, uh so sacrifice. Please. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: right. Giving charity.
1: giving charity, all this. Mm-hmm. Vedishu yatishu Kapasu chayvaya. Yagya sacrifices, tapa and also issue, giving dan, people are so much into giving dan, We in, in, mm-hmm. are trying to live as pious Hindus, what happens to all that, because division service doesn't leave you with time for pursuing such goals, so in answer to that Krishna is saying, uh, this, this verse, this powerful and famous verse, Vedishu yadneshu, tapas, chayivar, yadpunya, alam, pradiksham. Uh, if you
0: read that four-line translation of this very last verse yeah. of, of this chapter. So, a person who accepts the path of devotional service is not direct to the results derived to studying the Vedas, Performing sacrifices, undergoing austerity, giving charity or pursuing philosophical and prudent activities. Simply by performing devotional service, he attained all these and in the end he reaches the supreme eternal above
1: so it's like uh, Prabhupada used to give the example that if you have a hundred dollar bill then it's no need there is no need to worry about whether the five dollar and the ten dollar and the one dollar because naturally it's all included within the hundred dollar bill that's the game with same with devotional service if you're doing only devotional service you don't have to worry about separately giving dan and doing yajñas and doing tapas Actually, it's all built into the devotional process. You do, when we are giving out books, we are giving dan of this knowledge that may save many lives and bring them to higher consciousness. Yagyas, this chanting Hare Krishna Mahamatra itself is a huge sacrifice or a yagya. Sometimes they do it like a meditation. They get together and chant and do kirtan so that the sound vibration purifies the minds of people who have and war and so many things and uh, so also with tapas or austerity there are austerities that a devotee has to follow Uh, even however minimum it is tough to be a devotee in the material world that is enough austerity because the whole material world is geared in the opposite direction and it's like we are alone and everything that we we think is the opposite how the world is going so that is enough suffering and austerity to uh, frankly put up with not to mention the other things that devotees offer or are expected to do so this is like a definitive and conclusive uh, um, statement from Ch- Krishna, saying that uh, automatically devotional service basically covers all these other things. Look at the purport here. If you just just the first, yes. the purport here, the first this verse, para, the, para. Para, yeah. this one, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The, the this verse is the summation of the seventh and eighth chapters. Which particularly deal with Krishna consciousness and devotional service. One has to study the Venas under the guidance of the spiritual master and undergo many austerities and penances while living under his care. A brahmachari has to live in the home of the spiritual master just like a servant. He must beg alms from door to door and bring them to the spiritual master. He takes food only under the master's order and if the master neglects to call the student for food that day, the student passes. These are some of the Vedic principles for observing Kammachana.
1: Okay, that's how it used to be under the Vedic system. It was very austere and like so much of self-denial and so on. Uh, And then after the student studies the Vedas under the Master, then he's allowed to go on to become a householder and there are rules for householder life after householder in the traditional Vedic system, then you withdraw from by the age of 50-55 you leave your spouse in the care of your sons and older children and then you move on for to what is called vana prastha your wife can be with you your wife also comes along and she's also more into spiritual life and for those who take sannyas then of course the wife gets left behind completely as happened with our grandfather your great grandfather and my grandfather so, it, that's the system that used to be done, but none of it is necessary, it is, it is you can give all this service Krishna is saying emphatically, and just to devotional service, it is sulapa, inti, and in the 18th at the end. Talking about Lord South Indian tour, there's another famous story, I'm not sure if you already read it in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. that when he came to South India, he was very impressed by a Brahmin, was reading the Bhagavad Gita, he didn't know how to read but he was just holding it up and for some reason he was weeping. So uh, uh, apparently Lord Jatanya asked him to read some verse or something and he said I can't read. So he said then why are you holding? He said well my Guru didn't know, my Guru just instructed me to study or read the Bhagavad
0: So, I think not... Ah, yeah, I remember the story. Like, we... I think... Um, he was... He, I think he was illiterate, At least like, Is that the same person? Was he illiterate, that person? Like...
1: Yeah, like, yeah, was yeah. He illiterate? illiterate. Uh, yeah, okay.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he gave him, like... Uh, he was illiterate and then... I mean, I think he... Uh, what... I, I'm not sure, but... What happened at the end? In the end, like, something very... Uh,
1: No, Mm. the reason why he is weeping, although he is not sham, it's not like some sham Mm. crying sent him away. Mm. Why he was weeping, he couldn't read, so he obviously couldn't read any of the verses. But all he knew is that the Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Lord Krishna (coughs) on the battlefield when uh, Lord Krishna agrees to be the charioteer of Arjuna. Mm. That Mm. very simple principle that the great and supreme Lord is able to become the assistant, Uh, he put himself in a lower position for Arjuna, Moved this pure-hearted man to tears, that he's so great and so kind. Is the Lord? So the point that Lord Caitanya, uh, of course, is making, because he was very impressed by the, something in Brahmin Scholarship and genuine spiritual learning and scholarship should make one very appreciative of the Lord, because you hear, see how great He, is, how kind, how merciful, how so on. That it should show us that we count for very little. But invariably what happens is superficial reading and studies of the scriptures makes people very proud and puffed up and envious and jealous of others who are getting more acclaim or getting more fame and so on. So, so uh, Lord Chaitanya is uh, mentioned, so his historian mentions this particular episode to again instruct us that real learning and real appreciation of the Supreme Lord uh, and his greatness should make us realize how small we are and how great the Lord is. Okay, so we can end this chapter on this note uh, because this is basically chapter 8. And uh, next class, we can start chapter 9, which is you like
0: This is yeah. probably like my, uh, uh, favorite, like, like my favorite chapter. Chapter, chapter 9. Yes, you've been saying for some time. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but like I like to subject. So both uh, of okay. I think when yeah. you
1: start discussing and start studying, you can tell me what parts you particularly like, or you know. Yeah. I think there is a verse that you like.
0: like was yeah, I mean, that was where is that twenty. twenty-two. Is Yoga
1: yeah,
0: this one, this one. Yeah,
1: Ananya. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there
1: are others where he talks in forgiveness. If a devotee blunders and has a fall down, that it's very important to forgive. Those, those instructions are given here in September 36, 34 verses, chapter
0: 9.
1: Yeah, so any other doubts or questions? No.
0: No, it's fine. Uh, yeah. We'll continue next next week. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay, thanks. You yeah. tell me what Thank time you. works best for you, uh, Siddharth. Yeah. Because Saturday is tough. Then we can make it Sunday like this, if I know in advance. Or no,
0: Saturday, uh, yesterday, actually, I could have made it actually, but it was like, I, I'll, 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 I'll end the recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>